0: and that of God. For unto you it is given in the behalf of Christ, not only to believe on Him, but also to suffer for His sake, having the same conflict which you saw in me, and now here to be in me. Notice there, the. I think the first uh, phrase there, long phrase of verse 27, this first phrase I think is the idea that gets developed for the rest of the verses. Notice this, verse, this phrase in verse 27. <clears throat> Only let your conversation be as it becometh the gospel of Christ. Only let your conversation be as it becometh the gospel of Christ. Paul's not just saying a bunch of fancy words here and sound religious or whatever. This is a serious statement about their mentality and how they live, and he develops it. And so we want to follow that thought today, maybe even into next week. We'll see how this goes. Lifestyle. Lifestyle. We're big on style, right? We're big on style. We are. Uh, We have a styles for clothing and then subcategories of clothing, Ties, belts, shirts, pants, everything. We have style, style, style. Everything's about kind of the, the style that you have. We have styles of, um, of cars and haircuts, which is constantly changing. And um, we have sty- people have different styles of how they live in general. Like, I have a rural lifestyle. My wife is kind of wanting a rural lifestyle. She so can we just live out in the middle of nowhere but still drive in for church? I was like, well, I don't know if we go in the middle of nowhere. We might need a helicopter to fly in for church, you know. <laughs> but there's the rural lifestyle. I want to have a rural life. Um, some people like the urban life. We're starting to build a lot of uh, apartments, even in Gilbert, <clears throat> and right by, you know, a mall or whatever, because they know some people want the urban life. Uh, they have that Mesa... Most of the cities out here, they're doing that, building well-thought-out apartment complexes next to, strategically next to a school or a, uh, a, uh, the light rail or, you know, <clears throat> a mall. But people want that lifestyle. I want the urban life. I want the rural life. I want, and then people have their kind of like their their style of um, dress, you know, the cowboy style or the the business style, or. You know, there was all kinds of... When I was a kid in school in the 80s, it was like, you categorized everybody, you know. He was a... uh, This guy was a jock. That means an athlete, you know. The jocks, the nerds, the preppies, um, the stoners, the headbangers. Um, I don't know why we had this, because I never saw any of them, but there was the surfers. (laughs) I'm like, where are they surfing at? Big surfers, I mean... Surfers, he's a surfer, dude. Where does he get a surf at? I'd like to go find out. I'd like to try. But anyways, we categorize people based on kind of like their style and their, kind of their way and how they came across, you know, <clears throat> the gangsters and all kinds of different things. Um, so God speaks about our lifestyle. You're like, I don't see that in here. Look at this word conversation. Only let your conversation be. The, con- the word conversation, this is the original way it was intended to be used. Conversation was not intended to convey what you're talking about. It's not intended to be a word that describes the contents of your speech with somebody. That's not what that originally means by way of an English word. By way of an English word, <clears throat> the word conversation originally meant your citizenship and how it looks to the public this word conversation means your citizenship and how it looks to the public life how it, your manner of life your lifestyle in fact go underneath it dig under the greek word to the greek word that the word conversation was translated from it's a political word that means citizenship and it literally has a prefix of politic the, the first part talks about the public or the people, and then it, your, your uh, citizenship is the, the whole idea. Look what it says in chapter 3, verse 20 here. We're trying to find out what the word conversation means. Look at chapter 3, verse 20. <clears throat> Paul says later on, he says, for our conversation is in heaven. not talking about we're talking up there in heaven. Our conversation is in heaven from whence, that is down here, from here, looking up there, we are looking for the Savior, the Lord Jesus Christ. Hey, my citizenship is another legitimate, synonymous word to say in place of conversation. My citizenship is in heaven, but I'm here. You know, how many of us have traveled around the world... and you're in another spot, and you're like, well, well, my citizenship is over here in the United States. Maybe you tell that to somebody, and they say, we already know that we can tell. You know, <laughs> We can tell you're American. You know, People can t- pick out Americans pretty quick, just about anywhere in the world. Well, you might be in another place, <clears throat> in Israel, in Africa, in Mexico, but you're like, my citizenship's over here in the United States, but I'm in this foreign place. And as I said... If that's ever a scenario, usually people can tell, ah, oh, you American, you dumb American, yeah. you know. <clears throat> we, we can tell, you know, people can pick them out. In fact, isn't it ironic that, <clears throat> that some places they tell you, in some places you go, the, um, the advice for the American is try not to act like an American, right? You go somewhere, sometimes like try, it depends on what country you're in. Some places, like you want to hide the fact that you're an American, which is really hard to hide. You know, hey man. You know, <laughs> you know, if you just keep it down or whatever. Some places don't don't just try not to give away that you're an American. Why? Because they might take advantage of you or whatever. And so some places they hide your citizenship, hide that. Other places, like just be you. You know, and you know, don't be rude and uh, don't make any mean comments to the French people or whatever. You know, wherever you're at. But, but the idea is you carry your citizenship somewhere, right? You carry it over to wherever you travel. Now, Paul is saying, okay, all right, he's writing to the Philippians. He had already said, hey, I'm in prison. In this case, it was probably a house arrest. He says, but I don't, I'm happy because the gospel is being seen, it's going forth. Jesus, I just want Jesus to be seen in me. But you, you all are free. And so the way you live... The way you carry about your citizenship, your lifestyle, that public description of you should be in such a way that um, it, does, it is complementary to the gospel. Paul's telling the Philippians, look, you are out and about, and let it be seen that you are a citizen of heaven. Let your convers- This is all we're going to probe into. Let your conversation be... Let your way of life, your citizenship, be such that it's complementary to the gospel. Let it be known that you are actually, though you're a Philippian in this case, I'm, t- I'm pretending I'm Paul speaking to the Philippians. Philippians, even though you are Philippians and you live in a what was a Roman colony and you're citizens of Philippi, let it be so that you live in such a way that people think, but you're a citizen of somewhere else. Yes, Paul is saying, that's how it should be. Let your lifestyle, your conversation, your citizenship be such that it is becoming of the gospel. Like this is a little different. You don't just seem like a citizen of Philippi. Where are you from? Well, my citizenship's in heaven. My conversation's in heaven. Paul is saying here that we should have a lifestyle that is becoming of the gospel a lifestyle that is becoming of the gospel. I'm kind of using citizenship and lifestyle interchangeably because that's kind of how it was there. In Paul's day, and we can relate with this, somebody could tell where a person was from by how they behaved themselves in public, and the word was this word. I'm not, what is the word there? I got the Greek word somewhere. Politiomai. Politiomai. They say, oh, I know his politiomai. We would say conversi- We would say citizenship, but it's like citizenship and lifestyle mixed together. I know his, I know his citizenship, hi, right, because I can tell how he's behaving himself around here. You're from Greece. You're from um, you're from uh, Arabia. You're from whatever, and they could pick it out where he was from by how he publicly conveyed himself. What Paul? What is Paul saying to the Philippians? He says you are all citizens of yes, Philippi, but let it be like ah, you. What is that? What Paul's saying is whatever it all is about them that they pick out in you. Listen to this. This is what he's saying. Whatever everybody is picking out in you and trying to discern in you, let it be everything that's saying, let it all be saying something about the gospel. Isn't that an amazing statement? This is an amazing thing to me. He's telling me, he's telling the Philippians what kind of lifestyle to have. And by extension, 2,000 years later, he's still telling us what kind of lifestyle to have. Uh, What kind should I have? He says, whatever it is, let it be complementary to the gospel. That right there is revolutionary thought to me. Especially to me as an American. Because me, as an American, I'm, like, I'm just going to pick whatever I want. I'm going to live however I want. I'm going to say whatever I want. I'm going to wear whatever I want. I'm going to watch whatever I want. I'm going to listen to whatever I want. I'm going to hook up with whoever I want. What? Because it's a free country, man. You don't have to tell me. You know what? Paul's saying, whatever you are doing, let it be looked at like you actually belong to another country and your choices are based on that, not on this. See, the Bible sometimes very un-American, All right. Wow, this is amazing. Paul says, okay, let your conversation be as it becometh the gospel of Christ. So we must, here's the thing, we must seem like citizens of the gospel. There's a few points here that I see from the text. I'll tell you the points and perhaps we'll get to the first two. I see, first of all, that apparently my conversation, that is, apparently my lifestyle matters to God. Ah. Secondly, my whole lifestyle should be becoming or worthy of the gospel. Paul's teaching that. Thirdly, I see that we should, number three, only let this be. Don't become something else. Number four, I see in this text, and this is a bit bulk of it, we may make another message out of it, is that this means that we should be able to strive together in unity if we have this mentality. And number five, the last part, which is probably underpreached and underemphasized, is this: that it means that even suffering is be- a, a, even suffering is a becoming aspect of a Christian life. Suffering is a. You know what becoming means? It fits. It's it's like a oh that fits right even suffering. Paul talks about that. We'll see if we get to that today. Let's consider these first two thoughts. Again, from the Bible. We're reading the Bible. We're reading Paul's telling the Philippians how to live while he's, you know, he's living in a non-ideal scenario. And his thing is, whatever you're doing, let it be a gospel lifestyle. Let your lifestyle be becoming of the gospel. So number one, consider this thought of my conversation, or my lifestyle matters to God. See, again, American mentality is hey, I'm cool, Pastor, I'm cool coming here today. I'm glad you preached the word. This is a nice church, got the hymns and everything. I like this. But then you go out and you're like, I'm going to do my own thing, man, when I get out of here. I'm so good. You already go? I go to this church and you go up there, man, you better. It's a good church and people mean business and everything. But when you leave, you kind of have a different amount of time to do what I want. My choices are made because of how, whatever I want to do. But, but, but God addresses our lifestyle. He addresses my lifestyle, my conversation. It's almost like God saying, okay, all right, when you go out there, you, you acting like a citizen of heaven? Can people tell you're a citizen of some other place and not just like the regular American, you look like the normal American? Or they think, wait a minute, that's different. This isn't Pastor Henry's idea. This is right here Paul saying this is how we ought to be. My conversation, my lifestyle, my style of living matters to God. Now, let me back up. The most important thing is not your lifestyle. The most important thing is having a conversion to Jesus Christ. That's the most important thing. The most important thing is being born into his family. The most important thing is becoming officially the citizen of his family of his heavenly place in the first place most important thing is come into a personal faith in Jesus Christ and accept him as your savior at that point whether you look like a citizen of his or not you are in his eyes but in a follow up to that God says I have something to say about what your citizenship should look like let it be as becometh the gospel of Christ look what you know <clears throat> here's the thing here's a mentality that we get we yield, God, what do you have to say about having, God, what do I, what must I do to have eternal life? What does it take for me to go to heaven? What is it? What is it? I'll just believe on, okay, I'll believe on Jesus Christ as my Savior. Okay. And so we yield to God's word on the gospel. Believe on the Lord Jesus Christ and thou shalt be saved. We yield to that. Have you done that? you believed on the Lord Jesus Christ? If you have, sincerely from the heart, understanding what he did for you, death, burial, resurrection, not for his problems, but for yours and your sins, you believe sincerely in your heart, you're saved. Yes, okay, God, I yield to that. All right. But if we've yielded to God in this matter of eternity, why won't we yield to God in this manner of temporal living? We need to, just as we've yielded to God to tell us how to live forever in the gospel, we need to yield to God in telling me how to live for now. And how I should live for now should look like I'm going to be living forever with God. Let my conversation be as it becometh the gospel of Christ. So he's saying that my lifestyle matters. Number two, my whole lifestyle should be becoming. Here's the next point, becoming of the gospel. Look at that word there. Let your conversation be as it becometh. Again, we don't usually say this word. Sometimes it's said, oh, that's very becoming. You ever heard somebody say oh that's very becoming of you or of of this thing Becoming means it's from the word where we get the word axiom a fitting statement oh that was a good axiom this is the word it means oh that was that was that's a good fit that's worthy okay if you have a mercedes benz now we'd probably some of us maybe you do if you had a mercedes benz are you going to put the tires and wheels of a Let's see, a Geostorm. We wouldn't fit on there, but remember the Geostorms? Weird car, man, three-cylinder. What's wrong with these engineers? That doesn't work mathematically very long. That's why they're not around. My father-in-law had a Geostorm. Uh, he got it probably at a garage sale for really cheap. He's like, all right, we got this. And um, uh, he again, he bought it used, and it hardly worked. But I remember <laughs> that thing was so slow. He's like, yeah, it's like zero to 60 in... A half hour type of thing, you know. He said something like that, you know. Do, do you remember that Deb, that little car? I mean, I remember getting it. You get it. You, he lived off Channel Boulevard right over here. There was a time where Channel Boulevard, the speed limit was like fifty or so. and that? Do you remember that, uh, Brother Bob? It was like fifty, fifty-five. Or it was actually what's that, yeah. Brother Bob? It was seventy-five. But uh, <laughs> but uh, it was posted. Yeah, What's that? <laughs> yeah, hardly anybody is out there. Well, he'd pull out, my father-in-law right there, it was like 50, 55 miles an hour as a speed limit. And it was pretty wide open, cotton fields and some sheep. He'd pull out of the driveway and he'd be like, you better make sure nobody's coming for a long ways because it's like, mm-hmm. and it just took a long time to get going on that thing. But, you know, you get a car like that, you know, I know it sounds silly, but you, it wouldn't fit, and they wouldn't fit because I understand cars. You take wheels of a Geostorm that size and maybe the little logo and put it on a Mercedes Benz. What? That's not becoming, right? All right. Pastoral opinion here. I don't think it's becoming for pastor wear pink ties. That's not becoming of me. But anyways, that's just my opinion. It's red though. Okay. Crimson. Um. The, the idea is like a match. The idea of becometh is a match. You, he, I was getting his clothing. I'm like, nobody cares about matching anymore. I used to think, like, you know, you got to have, a, okay, you got this. Even like, there's a little red in this and red and gray in it. So this kind of matches. But I started thinking, if I really was to go along with the mentality of now, it's like, it doesn't matter, wear polka dot and wear lime green shoes and, uh, polka dot shirt and a purple bow tie and you're good man huh i mean that's how it is with some kids you're like not with us pastor i know not with you but a lot of people out there like that looks pretty cool but it wouldn't look becoming to most of us like that's just not a fit a mismatch okay here's the bible becometh the gospel let my lifestyle what he's telling me how to live yes it should be complimentary, it should be worthy of the gospel. It should be expressing the fact that the gospel is part of my life. Only let your conversation be as it becometh the gospel. You know, a nice car deserves nice tires and wheels. So also the gospel deserves a proper lifestyle that expresses it. Let me ask them, I'm going to go through a whole bunch of thoughts here. So let's think about this. Are there things that are becoming of the gospel in my life that I need to just let them continue to be? But then are there also things that are unbecoming of the gospel? I wonder if drinking is becoming of the gospel. Is that becoming of a gospel that we're supposed to be sober-minded? And I had to be sober to come to grips with this. Now shall I go drink? You can answer that yourself, but I'm wondering if that's really becoming. You know, is gambling becoming of a gospel citizenship? Well, I'm I think, I'm we let's think about that. In other words, okay, Well, let me let me go through this and I'll make this other point. Is the you know with the traditional things is smoking becoming of the gospel? We know it's not good for our health, but I mean, think, ask yourself that question on a lot of things, on a multitude of things. Is um, being sleazy, dressing sleazy, becoming of the gospel? This is a legitimate question for Paul's statement. These are legitimate questions, and here's why. We're not saying, hey, don't smoke, don't drink, don't chew, don't go with girls that do, huh? Must be a Baptist, huh? That's not the mentality. The mentality is, what is becoming of the gospel? Not as what is becoming of a Baptist or a non-Baptist or a non-denominational. That's not the the cornerstone where you measure stuff. The issue is, what is it that, do do I have something in my life that contradicts the gospel? All right, let's probe into this a little more. Is being proud complementary to the gospel? A gospel whose Savior was meek and lowly and who humbled himself unto death so that that's my Savior. So that in my lifestyle, if I'm not that, I'm not expressing the fact that I belong to heaven whose founder himself was everything but proud. Is... Is not. Now let's go to some positive things. So we'll walk through this. Uh, is not um, kindness. Isn't that kindness becoming of the gospel? Now I'm going to go through. I want to just pause a minute. I'm going to go through some virtuous things, moral things. And I want you to realize that all the virtuous and moral things that we say we should be, be, be. Why? Because he was. Not because it's like, look at me. You know I should be kind. A, God does command kindness. But you know why he commands it? It's tagged with, because God is kind. Not because so people think you're really cool. I should be kind one to another because God has been kind to me. The love of God, after that, the love of God and kindness of God our Savior toward man appear. Kindness is becoming of the gospel. Being merciful. You know, sometimes we need to let people off the hook. They owe you. They're busted. You know, sometimes we should let people off the hook and say, man, you're good. I forgive you. I can't tell you when to do that every time because you probably shouldn't do it every time. But we need to be sprinkling people with with mercy because the merciful will receive mercy too. Jesus said, why should I be merciful? It's becoming of the gospel of Jesus Christ. After that, the love of God and kindness toward God, our Savior, man, appeared not by works of righteousness, which we have done, but according to His mercy, He saved us. Be therefore merciful, even as our Father which is in heaven is merciful. I should be merciful because what? It reflects a merciful God. Not because it looks like, oh, you're such a good religious person. Forget that. I want you to see Jesus. Jesus. By every single aspect of my heavenly citizenship, I don't care if you think I'm religious or not. I want you to think I belong to the Jesus Christ, and I'm, I'm I am I came in there by His gospel. What about is not? And I know some of you you have this. You have much of this, and I want you to keep this because it's a reflection of your Savior. You are merciful. Some of you are modest. Some of you are merciful, kind. By the way, modesty, isn't that modesty complimentary to the gospel? A God who clothes me spiritually, yes, is not hospitality. Does hospital, If I show hospitality to somebody, hey man, come on over, let me have you over to eat sometime. Hey man, um, let me treat you. Hey, you want to stay the night or something? You need, a, you need some help or whatever? Okay. Is not hospitality complimentary? Is it not becoming of the gospel a gospel of who, whose Savior says, I go to prepare a place for you. I'll come again and receive you to myself. Is that not complimentary to the gospel? What about showing um, forgiveness? I should, you know why I should be a forgiving person? There's a multitude of things and it's a huge subject that probably should be taught more often. But one of the main issues about a Christian using forgiveness is do it because you have been the recipient of it through Jesus Christ. Motive is I'm motivated by His toward me. I forgive because I've been forgiven. So that if I'm a forgiving person, you know what I'm doing? I'm showing that I'm making, I'm showing that I belong to Christ and that's very becoming of the gospel. Let your conversation be as it becometh the gospel of Christ. Gracious words are becoming of a gospel whose Savior was gracious. Truthfulness, showing truthfulness is, is becoming, it's very becoming of a Christian. Why? Because it was, it was full in the Savior, full of truth and grace. You know, even though the, the whole concept, I know it's, I'm like, this relates to everything. Even the, even the concept of a man decides to marry a woman and not a man. That's complementary to the gospel. The Lord Jesus Christ calls all His redeemed, not His husband, but His bride. is that amazing? Even that little thing there, which is really a big thing. Giving to the poor, is that not complementary to the gospel of a, of a Savior who made Himself poor to make the poor rich? Feeding somebody, is that not complimentary to the gospel of the Lord Jesus Christ who Himself fed people both physically and spiritually? Clothing somebody, is that not complimentary to the gospel of Jesus Christ who clothes us with His righteousness? Even being a good steward. A good steward. My wife and I are constantly, she's very good at this, keeping our house streamlined, and it's a constant struggle, and being efficient, which is a constant struggle, but she's very good with knowing what we have and being a good steward of the things we have, money and stuff. She's good at that. Um, but I started thinking, you know, even showing good stewardship, not being wasteful. You know, some Americans are very, most Americans are very wasteful. Did you know, this is funny, I, I saw a statement the other day, of something, something like, hey, if we all just were, if we all um, weren't so wasteful, it would mess up the economy, you know. It would, wouldn't it? Be like, oh, can people aren't buying stuff? Because we don't need all your junk anymore, man. Oh, that's why. But anyways, being a good steward of stuff, of your time, your talents, your treasure, your things, is complimentary of the gospel whose Savior, even when He multiplied bread and fishes and had tons and fed a whole bunch of people, told the disciples, go pick up the leftovers, nothing be lost. Don't throw that stuff away. Gathered up the fragments, didn't He? Jesus was, uh, what would you call that? You know, He was uh, thrifty wasn't wasteful even though he was he could lavishly produce what he wanted so here's the thing if that's what you are if you're modest if you're kind if you're all these things think about it. keep letting yourself be that way for the gospel's sake to show you're a citizen of another place and i want you to notice also that the measure of these things that i'm saying talking about being nice and kind okay pastor the measure of I'm saying these because the measure of those things is to be in light of the gospel, not in light of a religious trait or stigma. So then Paul says, only, number three, he says, only let this be. Only, that's the first word he starts with. The word mono, it's the word mono, like alone, just this, just this. Just let this lifestyle emerge. Just be like this. Don't think, well, I'm gonna go, I'm gonna be a um we this type of lifestyle, that type of life. No, he says, only let this kind of lifestyle emerge. One that says, man, that you must be owned by somebody else that's heavenly and you're so forgiving. Why? Because my savior's forgiving. You're kind, why? Because my savior's kind. Um, you're generous, why? Because my savior's generous. Where are you from, man? Uh, my citizenship is in heaven, I haven't been there, yo. But I met the Savior who went there, and I'm a citizen of his country. That's why I'm acting like it. Only, he says, let that lifestyle emerge. Do not become something else. How many things are we letting ourselves become? You know, think about this. Do you, do you ever realize sometimes, if you ever get like this in life, you, you, you kind of, life goes by and you maybe get a little bit uh, sloppy. You're like, man, what have I become? I become a mean person. Or life goes on for me, like, man, I have become kind of sloppy. Life progresses along, and you let you've let man. I've become a little selfish lately. I've become a little mean, or whatever, or I've become really worldly. What's happened to me? Paul saying, "Don't, don't only let your conversation be as it become the gospel of Christ. Don't let yourself become something else." So, here's a couple questions. We're, we're going to wind this. We'll just we'll finish this up next week. So, do you? Do you see what Paul's saying? He's talking to Philippians who are citizens, and he's saying, look like you're a citizen of somewhere else. And the way to know that is think about the gospel and think about the Savior of the gospel and let that affect all your lifestyle choices. And that's what I'm saying to us today. So that you're like, don't try to strive to be a good Baptist or a good fundamentalist. Those are good things or good whatever. Start to be like, oh, I want to be a good Christian. I want to be a Christian that reflects that gospel. All right. So think about this. Um, Do I seem, here's a question. Ask yourself this. Do I seem more like an American citizen or a heavenly citizen? Do I seem more like, do, do I seem to people more like, oh, you're just another American, but probably a Republican, you know. You're just another American, or do I seem more like a citizen of heaven in how I live? That's what Paul's getting at. You think about—I'm thankful for our country. I really am. We got our flag over here, Christian flag. I'm thankful, um, <clears throat> you know, blood bought our freedom, right? Especially in the Revolutionary War, and I know we had to struggle through it in the Civil War, and then we've had these international wars uh, in the last hundred years—a couple of them, major ones. But back to those that first one, blood bought our freedom. They were serious, poor. They, I love the story of the American struggle and the Revolutionary War. Man, they were so poor. I was looking and I tell my wife, I'm, I get so much out of my third graders' history books. I'm like, this is my level, you know? Cool, reading about George Washington here. Just instead of reading five pages, they say it in three sentences. This is great. He got the, that's it, good. I was reading with Grant, and George he was talking about George Washington when they made him the, uh, you know, the. I guess he was the, I don't know if it was the general or the president, first, or, or the, he was the general, that's what he was, and when he recruited all these guys, they didn't know what they were doing. There's a bunch of hillbillies in a sense, you know, farmers, and they all dressed differently, they were untrained, and this is like one year before July 4th, 1776, and he had all these guys, and they were poor, we weren't wealthy as a country, and, um, and then there was like smallpox that came into our ranks, I think the fall before, which is like nine months before July 4th, 1776. So we were underdogs right off the bat. But I know because there was a Christian mindset and the providence of God, He had a plan, and we wanted to do things in an honorable way. God caused the victory and everything. And so Christian beginnings, were thankful for that, and it's definitely fading. But my point is, is there was a lot of blood shed so that we could have a free country. So we can have citizenship of this nice nation now, but it's temporary. And so there's other blood that was shed right here that purchases for us citizenship that's eternal. And if you haven't put your faith in Jesus Christ, the one who was on this cross, we don't worship a cross, but if you haven't put your faith in the Jesus Christ who went to that cross was the Son of God, and dying, then you don't have that citizenship. When you die, you will not be with God forever as part of His heavenly kingdom and His family in particular. That's a better citizenship. So, how does our gospel citizenship look like? That's my question for us today. Let's pray.